Have you ever been called a band geek, a theater nerd, cyber dork, studio rat, gamer punk, orchestra dork, book monkey, drama jock, poindexter, artsy fartsy, or just plain weird? Well then, welcome to Art Nerds. This is the podcast where we sit down with our nerdy friends, embrace our inner geek, and celebrate our art. Welcome back, my friends. This is Mike O'Brien with Art Nerds. This is the place where we talk with our nerdy friends about their artwork. Today, we are coming... (laughs) I'm sounding so professional radio today. Uh, We are live at the Espresso Royale here in uh, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, uh, with with my friend Katie Newhouse. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing well. We had a little bit of a confusion this morning getting (laughs) here because there's many multiple coffee shops named Espresso Royale. Which you would think I would know having lived here my whole life, but this is the one I drive past. We just actually had an art show right across the street during Boneyard, so I was oh, super so aware of this location. <laughs> so I either, stared at the coffee from a distance. Either way, it works out. Anyway, um, so Katie's here to talk about her art. Katie, what is your art? So the medium that I primarily work in is acrylics. Um but I've, I've dabbled in oils and watercolors and things like that. Primarily, I like to focus on color and shape. Subject okay. matter isn't like a hard and fast thing for me, although I do a lot of animals, do a lot of portraits. Um, oh, this is going to get fun real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you consider yourself a fine artist, paint on canvas. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really to me, art, like, I think the term fine art is really, it's a little bit tricky to me because I feel like it puts certain types of art up on a pedestal that are great and I love them. Like, I am the first one to admit I am a Renaissance art nerd. Like, I right, am. Sure. I love it. I, I love Renaissance art. It's full of symbolism and it's just beautiful and this great thing but like that's not all art is and I think that when we talk about fine art that's specifically like painting on canvas or whatever that's great and I love it and it absolutely is but it discounts a lot of things that people call craft arts okay I think that those are just as legitimate I mean realistically if you look around us the building that we're in the 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 interior design that's art the sure. chairs that we're sitting in were designed by artists like all of everything we interact with is art um and so i i love my my canvas painting but i also try and keep like in mind that's not the end all be all of right oh, no no that, that no that's me. that's a uh it's a great start i mean it's a great definition I mean, I use the term fine art because I come from mm-hmm. an, a very academic background. Yes. I have a PhD. I'm an academic. I've been a teacher for years in the, at the college level. So the term fine art is mm-hmm. just part of the vernacular out yes. there in that little ivory tower. Well... And, I, and, and let me ask you, do you, does that, in your mind, the, the term fine art... Uh, sound very ivory tower to you? A, a little bit. I don't. It's funny because I'm the first one to admit that I can be a bit pretentious. I kind of love my pretension. Like Hannibal's my favorite show. We were talking about my artist tag earlier. As long as you like, lean into it, that's fine. Yeah, like, but I know that's what it is. Like, I kind of just, I enjoy it. It's, it's the aestheticism of it. But um, one of, so the company that I started during Prism Studios during the pandemic a Mm -hmm. year ago almost uh here in a couple of months it was all predicated on the idea that 
art education, while highly valuable, you learn a lot. So I, I went to, when I when I graduated high school and I initially went to college, I also majored in fine art. So oh, okay. In, for one year. And it ruined it for me. I, I quit painting. I quit drawing. Really? I, I did. Why? Well, in part, I think it was because I was working two jobs while I was a full-time student. Oh, sure. Um, which I think most people can really identify with these days. It's a very practical reason, yeah. Um, and so it was just exhaustion. But it was also, I remember a teacher at one point saying, you don't, make, you don't go to school to learn how to make art for you. And there was very much, this is right and this is wrong. And I can appreciate the necessity of certain background information, certain techniques when we're talking about line and color and shape and form. They're valuable, but they're not hard and fast rules. And when you start looking (laughs) at art, because again, I think people look at Renaissance, again, this is my pretension, they look at Renaissance art and they think Michelangelo and and Da Vinci, they they think that's that's the art, that's the thing. The pinnacle of, yeah. That's the only way to do it, but that is very Eurocentric. It's very, um, I don't want to use the word closed-minded because I think that that's not necessarily the kindest way to say it, but... You know, you, when you start looking at art from other cultures, absolutely, no, no, it, no. There's so much more to right. it, right? And like I said earlier, um, I come from a very academic background in the whole thing, so all of this rings not true but familiar. Mm-hmm. And um, part of this podcast is breaking down those things that you're talking about. You know, I want all art (laughs) on the table and to call it art and love it and appreciate it so thank you for all of these comments already um so uh so in terms of what you consider art um there is no difference between craft and art and hobbyist stuff not necessarily. I think that, I mean, it depends on what you're, what aspect of art you're looking at. So if we're looking at design, no. I don't think there's, when it comes to design, like, it takes, in my opinion, as much skill to design a aesthetically pleasing and functional piece of furniture mm-hmm. as it does to design a canvas. Sure. That 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 is a skill that does not um, it, it transfers. It's it's the same thing. Now I think then when we start talking about like intention, are you trying to tell a story? Are you trying right. to share a viewpoint? Are you trying to sell something? Are you trying to um, you know, what's your statement? What's and 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 I don't think any of those things there's a hard and fast, well, this makes it art and this doesn't. Um, I, it's very much like a sliding scale, you oh, know. No, right. no, that's very interesting. And when you think about, you know, people love to talk about like uh, Duchamp and like um, like the banana duct tape to a oh, wall, yeah. right? People yeah. love to bring that up, and and I'm one of those people where it's very easy for me to look at that and be like. But is it art? Is it art? I don't know. <laughs> right. But more importantly, it makes us question what is art and what we're doing with our intention, with our and in trying to, um, you know, uh, no, make I, these value judgments. Well, I, I I think that's it's a value judgment because my daughter, my youngest, graduated with a she's a graphic designer. Mm. She works with 
two industries primarily, and that is print and bookmaking. Oh, that's and so she cool. also works with museum installations. So her, yeah, uh, her purpose is very, very different. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to listen to her and watch her work and see her work well, because what she does is amazing. It very much is. We just set a show up at the IMC and it's so fun watching every artist and how they how they set up their own installations. Right. Because that's the thing, like the work itself is art, but how you lay it out, how you design it, how, you know, there are galleries that you go into that it's so minimalist and you might only have a few pieces and that's really impactful and really intentional but sometimes it's just like a riot of art and color uh, yeah, yeah. and that's also a valid that's way of also, telling yeah, a story right, right, right. and it's just a different story right. and I love that about how flexible it is yeah and to listen to uh, my daughter talk about it you know and she also does her own artwork for herself she uh, has found Sculpey you know the, 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 yeah. bake, the clay you bake and it turns mm-hmm. permanent she has found that, and she has found that she loves sculpting these miniature figurines for her garden, and it's adorable. I love that. And it, yeah, so through her eyes, everything you say is true because it's all—it's all art. Mm-hmm. It's all manipulation of materials, but it's all every inch of it is a different, different purpose in mind, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, I and think you're that, echoing everything. <laughs> yeah, I think that that purpose is like truly. I think yeah, all of it can be considered art, and then it just comes down to what purpose it's trying to serve, right. and and that doesn't make it not or it doesn't make it art or not art. It's just what purpose does it serve? Right. But it's yeah, it's designed with intention. I feel like that's so. Even the banana tape to the wall. In its own way is art because it's making you question. So the purpose is to, it's to make question you and not yeah. so much make something you can purchase and hang on your wall. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? There's something to be said. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mark Anthony Macon, who's a local artist. I, I've heard the name. I don't know him. Amazing, amazing person. And he talks a lot about trash art and like... Oh, really? Yes. And he loves that. Like he does these amazing mixed media pieces that are chaotic. And it's. I, I told him, I was like... When I first really started, first met him and I was looking at his book and I was like, I want to view your work in one of two ways. After I was looking through his book, I'm like, it's beautiful and I love the individual pieces and I there's pieces of his that I would love to buy, but it's specifically, I'm like, I want to see either a book or I want to be inside a room that is wallpapered from ceiling to floor and it would be the most colorful, chaotic, horrific, you, gauche. You're right. It would be so overwhelming, and I love the idea of it because it's an experience. Right. It's it's the absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, same experience. I just had the same experience. You know, you see Van Gogh's work. In My bo- favorites. You see it everywhere. You see it in books. You see it on TV. I got to go to Chicago and see the not the experience one, but there's three versions of his bedroom, mm-hmm. and they were side by side by side. And they're bigger than I thought, and they're beautiful, and they're the same, and they're different. And it's just like suddenly it's that experience of being in front of it, being it's, in the same room with it. It's it is overwhelming. And then I understand that it's not that way for everybody. And I've had a lot of um, 
great conversations with people who are like, I love art, but like, I just don't like emotionally connect the way some people do. Right. And that's something that I can respect because there's things that other people emotionally connect to that maybe I don't. But what I love about Van Gogh is he's one of my favorite artists to talk about because... I mean, I think everybody sort of knows the story of how, you know, he, he was not a successful artist in his right. time. He dealt with mental health issues, which was not uncommon for oil painters at the time, or, you know, hopefully not so much now, now that we have a better understanding of what's of in the oil paint. What's in the oil paint, but, you know, he was this highly, highly talented person that in his time, people just weren't. I don't know if it's that they weren't ready for it. I think I think that it's 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 kind of common. It seems like in the art yeah. world where it's not until after you're gone yeah, that people start it, to. It's too see easy it. to see. It's too easy to judge the work because the artist is standing in front of it. Yes, and and to be honest, I do think that's a little bit of like a societal failing of ours in that we look at artists as. We want to consume what they produce without necessarily respecting the time and effort. Like, I saw right. this really great meme the other day where it was like, one of the most important things for an artist is time to just sit. Oh, yeah, to yeah. just sit in quiet and not have... To refuel of so yes, yes, and to just think about it. Like, I was, mm -hmm. the other day, I was, I was trying to start... Um, editing a piece that I was working on and my husband was hanging out with me because I was like, come hang out. And of course I say, come hang out and that means to him that I want to hang out. And so he's talking D&D &D and telling me all these great, you know, <laughs> new character ideas, which I love because we play and I love that. But I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, your head's like, not there. I was like, I need to I need you to be quiet because I have to think. He's like, I thought you were just painting. I'm like, and once I start, I love to turn my brain off and yeah. just enjoy the physicality of it but you do you need time to just sit and be with it and I think that we live in a society that so highly values productivity that it doesn't yeah. necessarily recognize that in order to be productive you have to have um, a way to open yourself up and that's one of the things that like with prism we do for me is great because I do really well when I'm painting with other people okay uh, uh and and the thing that my my partner didn't understand was i was like you need to understand when we're talking and we're hanging out in a group and i'm painting and it's the best way for me to paint is when i'm surrounded by other people is that i'm in and out of that conversation like right and all of the people that i usually <laughs> paint with they're like oh yeah i'll just like sh katie just disappears for like 30 minutes you know and She'll just says She'll nothing <laughs> and then all of a sudden like i'll run my mouth for 30 minutes right. and you know, but it's almost like I need that little bit of distraction in the community and in the other voices and in all of that in order to offset that lack of quiet time. And it it's, allows okay. me to like, distract my brain just enough that I don't overthink. Okay, now now we're getting to... Now we're, yeah, yeah, like okay. it, it all has... It makes there's okay. a method. <laughs> there's a method to the madness. There's a method to my madness. Okay. But but really that's what it is because 
one of the hardest parts with making art when you talk to almost anybody it's it's getting started it's oh, yeah. just it's that blank canvas it's weird <laughs> it's, it's that overcoming inertia for me it's just, it is I gotta get off the couch I gotta get downstairs in front of the workbench and mm-hmm. decide on something what am I gonna yeah the other night I was sitting there with like three or four canvases just staring at them like I don't even know what I want to work on but I know I want to work yeah and that's why and so like talking to KT is so much fun she comes over all the time and we paint together my basement is like a constant rotation of people coming over and hanging out in my private studio and we work together because so that communal aspect of making art and people again people don't necessarily think about it but even Van Gogh like there were art groups like he was close with Gauguin and with right. other artists where they worked together they so this so this notion of the artist alone in their room is bunk for you at least i i think that that has its place for some people because not everybody to be right. fair is is social in the way that i am that being said, I think the thing that is bunk is the idea that of the suffering artist. Right. As somebody that has dealt with mental illness my entire life, I don't need to and shouldn't have to suffer to make good art. And, and I, I don't, and I think that that's something that um, I'm really trying to combat is it's okay to like come in and be happy and have fun and it's okay to make maybe dark art and still be a happy person like that's a thing that you can do that is an aesthetic choice that is a style right it doesn't necessarily mean i mean look i have a lot of really dark work a lot of people have said you know but that's i'm a pretty happy person i think um and that's okay it's it's an aesthetic thing right but I don't need to be suffering internally in order to make quality quality art. And I think that that is because so many artists have suffered. And honestly, a big part of that, again, is being poisoned by the, the literally poisoned by the toxic chemicals, you know, historically. Right. A lot of artists did suffer quite a lot. And I think that because of that, we have this tie that we that's necessary. We have this stereotype that mm-hmm. is lingered. And it's 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 unnecessary. We're social creatures. Right. We're animals. We are primates. Well, I think we... artists more so. Yes, absolutely. Because very there now, and there are artists that are this way where they're so internal and they don't use. Agreed. Um, We're not discounting that. I agree. But primarily, like, we get very boring as people when we're in a vacuum. <laughs> we do. <laughs> like, it's boring. I I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy. Um, I enjoy the input. Like I ask on almost every of all of my pieces, I get input from friends and family and because like I want to make it, I'm making art for me, but I want to make art that touches people. And to me, having that sort of input is, I don't know. It's fun. And it's, it's we fun. do a lot of like collaborations too. Right. I mean, that. that input is necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, my background is performing arts. Uh, it, it's art by committee. Yeah. All the time. And we the, we have to agree on a certain percentage before it's yep. torture. Um, uh, so, yeah, I get this impression that when you're painting in your basement with friends sitting around, that that's, is that the, inf, is that the fuel 
that comes to the canvas that, that it enrich- really is or is it just opening up the conduits opening up the pipelines to let things flow because I'm again I'm trying to I'm, I'm going to talk in images yeah which I, I love so. I, so, so your brain is an artist when you're alone and not working, it, it it gets congested and tightens up, and mm-hmm. and I get distracted by things, my phone and yeah. the temperature of the room, and like it's so I get so in my head that like any little thing is distracting. Right. Um, every itch on your elbow. Every is just, itch on my oh elbow, my God. and you know it doesn't help that like. A lot of times, I especially in the past, I don't get to start painting until late in the evening because of life. Of life, <laughs> and that's when you know my ADHD medication starts wearing off, and then I get more and more distracted, <laughs> and then I get tired, and you know it's and, and two days later, <laughs> and then two days later, it's like, oh yeah, I was gonna finish that, but like when you're with people, it's it brings. There's a relaxation. An energy. The way you talk. It brings a life. It brings, and again, just enough distraction that I can lean into the physicality of it. Because painting is physical. It's a very physical act. And it's one of the reasons I personally struggle with digital art. I love digital artists. I so respect them because I struggle to connect because I can't feel it. Yeah. I, it's... And I know they make these new pens that are way better and they, like, are more accurate and it's better. But, like, I, feeling the paint, like, I paint with my fingers. I finger paint. I paint with sponges and with bubble wrap. And also, like, traditional tools are great, but, like, I'll paint with anything because I want to feel it. I want to, like, get those chewy, crunchy sort of textures. Yeah, again, back to my daughter, uh, the graphic artist. She can do... 99% 99% of her work on a computer. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the laptop, whether it's the iP- whether it's her tablet yeah. with the pen, and she creates amazing stuff. It's insane. Yeah, and I, I envy that because I can't do it either. We have this another local artist. His name's Christopher Remy, um, and he's just making it out onto the art scene. He had his first art show during Boneyard um, okay. at Soul Care and, and sold some work at his first show. It was amazing. And he does digital work. And we just ran into each other on campus one day and started chatting. And I was wearing my prism mask, and you know, right. so that's how we uh, love that branded mask. I'm never giving up my masks because it's perfect, <laughs> and it's got a rainbow on it. And who doesn't love that? Right. Um, <laughs> and he's got yeah. He was he was showing me how like he's got one of those really cool like flippy open phones where it like gets oh the old school the no the new ones where it's like a uh, oh it's a yeah and the art that he makes on that is. First of all, it blows my mind because it's so small. Like, I can't, like, I don't know if it's just my bad eyesight or what, but, like, I need a nice you need thick this. canvas. <laughs> I need to blow things up. And and I'm really bad because, like, now that I am used to having, like, technology, I have actually, and let's be honest, who hasn't tried to make an actual book have bigger font? Oh, yeah. We've all done it, right? <laughs> But, yeah, it, it blows my mind, like, the things that they're crea- able to create without having that sort of physical interaction. Well, it's a different kind, like it's you said. so cool. But it's a different kind of art. Exactly. It's a different kind of artist. Different kind of art, different process, different, the way your brain connects to it, honestly, I right. think and, is different. Like, and I, right. And, my like, again, I, I'm going to, my daughter's going to come up a million more times in this conversation. I love it. But, she, and again, she thinks in that two dimension. And she's capable of it, oh, and, and she's see, brilliant at it. Me, on the other I hand, get that. yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't because 
I'm a theater artist. I think in set design. I think in dimension. I think in, in mm-hmm. uh, movement and set, and on all of it work. And one of my previous occupations was a puppeteer. And I built puppets, oh, and it's cool. fur and wood and string and glue. And uh, one of my rules is if you're not making a mess, you're not doing it right. Yeah. That's my workshop. So if it if you go down and it's a oh, mess. Oh, my floor is yeah. covered in paint. My husband's right. like, why? Um, like, yeah. My, my wife and I disagree on this rule, so that's yeah. another that's another discussion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um. But yeah, but it's it. But I, I get. I understand the notion of the tactile nature mm-hmm. of certain kinds of art forms. Uh, well, and it's interesting too because you talk about like 2D versus 3D and like when I, so I've spent a lot of the last year focusing on portraiture um, because I would really, really love to be able to just like go to St. Louis or go to Chicago and hang out like like in St. Louis on the Del Mar Loop or something and yeah. just do portraits because that would be so That'd much be fun. fun. Yeah. Um, and so I've been working on them. And, like, when I do it, I think from, like, the skull out. And it's so funny because it's very much, like, sculpting oh, yeah. to me. And so, and, and, and sometimes with art, it, it is a very 2D thing and it's very cool. Uh, but then sometimes, like, for me, I do. I approach it from, like, this inside out where you have to, like, build it up. Mm-hmm. And, and thinking of it in terms of, like, a 3D, like, modeled object. And, and I think of it like sculpting. And it's so weird, but, like, it works. Right. And. Um, but but you're pro- but it's fun to hear because you starting to recognize your own process. Yes. And I've I've met some artists who haven't gotten there yet. It takes a while, and I think part of it is a lot of artists feel self included feel sort of this. I want to have cohesive work, right? I want to mm-hmm. have work that like you look at Van Gogh and you know it's Van Gogh. When I right. see modern artists that mimic the style, I'm like. That's clearly like somebody that like, and not that there aren't lots of different artists that did, and he wasn't the only one that had that style, but you can definitely see where the inspiration comes from. Right. Um, it's hard because you want to feel cohesive. You want to feel like people can look at your work and recognize it as yours. Even I struggle with it sometimes because I have like different sets of styles. So I've right. got like this tarot <laughs> series where it's very like. Um, more on the realistic end, more, you know, very much like that Renaissance art with all the symbolism and all of the, it's sure. all like really over the top. And, um, but a lot of other things, it's. Now, I, I will respectfully disagree with you. Yes. In the fact that I don't think um, as artists, our work has to be cohesive. No, I agree <clears throat> that it doesn't have to be. I think that there is I think it's like an internal at least for me okay and I do think that and I think that a lot of artists sort of feel that way in some ways I don't necessarily think that it's a truth or a need I think it's this what I, I think it comes from a desire to have for me I, I don't want to be famous. I don't want people to know my name. It's why I use an artist tag. <laughs> uh, but I want my work to touch people. Sure. I want it to be known. And I think for me, part of that is wanting that cohesion so that people can be like, oh, this means something to me. Let me look at... Like, I'm very much about getting very into specific artists. And, and that's uh, across the across styles. So, like, my favorite actor is Mes Mikkelsen. I've seen almost every one of his movies. Right. I haven't seen 
all of the Danish ones because I have to like they're not streaming so I have to like pay for them and this doesn't take <laughs> my time um, those performances to me are so recognizable that I can look it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what the plot is if he's in this movie I'm probably gonna like it I know I'm gonna you know and sure. so for me it's the same way where I want people to be able to say oh wow this really touched me it feels like a give me more of that right. give me more of because it it's builds like this sort of it's like building a house around myself and building a family and building friends it's why like when I talk about Hannibal being my favorite show I love the movies I love the show I love the fan fictions because it's like <laughs> coming back to people that you know okay. coming back to friends and I think the art can be very there's much a certain the recognition that feels right yes okay. that is that is much more concise <laughs> okay. that makes sense um I'm going to throw uh, uh, another term. Do you, is your artwork, do you have an audience in mind? Or when you work? Or is it, because you, It depends you, on the piece. And, and again, you, you, uh, and again, it's because you say you don't paint just for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but you do paint for yourself. I do. I. But I, is there an audience? I mean, is, and, and you, you've constantly said, you want to touch people, mm-hmm. which I think is inherent to most every artist. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an expression. There's something I gotta. Yeah. Is there an audience? Is there a specific audience? Is there a type of audience? Honestly, I've noticed more and more that I make art for other artists in a lot of ways. Really? Uh, it. I, I pointed it out. I think it was to my mom recently, where I was like, "No, to be honest, like I've probably sold more." things to like other artists or bought work from she's like so you all just buy each other's work I'm like yeah pretty much oh heck yeah like that's what we do because we we see we see everything that goes in and 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 it's fun like and I love trading pieces and like that's my and so I it's a little support group as well it, it is it is like a little support group but so it depends on like the series because I have a few different series so like my tarot series I really want to like I love touching people, obviously, that are interested in, like, the occult or, Mm -hmm. like, um, interested very much in, like, Greek uh, mythology um, or or not just Greek, but, like, Greek, Macedonian, Roman, like, that whole sort of regional. So, like, um, the painting that got me really back into painting regularly was the death card from tarot and it was all it's all themed on like the sacred band of Thebes which like if you look at it if you don't know the story like you would maybe never know right but for me like sharing those stories is a big thing because and that's really what I'm trying to do with a lot of my art is especially like with that series it's very much about storytelling um I do have a lot of just like fun animal art it's colorful it's bright it's it's less about subject matter and more about shape and color and then I love color I love texture uh I I love um I just I, it's it's so hard for me to nail it down because there's no one storyline no one style no one thing that I'm trying to make for one I I want to make art that touches everybody and so I try and but, you but, but I start <laughs> but I start with me right and so that's where it starts I it has to be something I'm identifying with it has to be something right. that so even when I take on commission work if it's not something that I think I can do I'll tell you that like right I I was talking with a friend and local business owner recently and we were talking about some pieces 
uh, that are going to be D&D themed and which I'm so excited about because I connect to that a whole lot. <laughs> but like even in terms of style, like his initial ideas, I was like, I love your ideas. Let me hook you up with an artist that I think is going to suit that if that's what you want. This is what I can do. This is what it would look like. This is like, how does it make you feel? What kind of like, because it needs to be something I, I can I can mimic styles. A lot of artists can mimic things, but I don't want to don't want to do that. Do that. I right. want to I want it to move me, and because it's moving me, I want people to see that. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's like it's yeah. I'm, I'm well, you know. So regardless of especially in like a commission situation, mm-hmm. there's at least an audience of one. Yeah. But there's still a conversation mm-hmm. between the two of you in terms of what's going to happen on the canvas. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because um, I tell people this all the time. As a theater person, I have this deep-seated mistrust of the fourth wall. <clears throat> so separating your audience and your art, your performance, uh, feels false to me. Mm-hmm. So the more you can blend those two somehow and that sounds exactly what you're talking about you're because especially in that kind of situation where you're trying to blend and that's really kind of who I am as a person and it can be really problematic in some ways like I won't lie I had somebody the other day I was ordering cookies for our event and he was asking me like which flavors I wanted I'm like I I don't know he surprised me and he's like I can't make your decision for you know and I'm like no you're right you're right I have to make my own but I'm so I want input I want everybody's input I'm I am a person that thrives in community I right so I want everybody's input because we're all different I know that like when I get stuck inside my own head it gets very cyclical and then it becomes very toxic so again it comes back to this conversation you have in real time when you're Mm -hmm. painting with friends exactly you know it's whether or not it's direct information about the art piece it's still information about the artwork that's happening exactly and it will influence regardless yes Yep, I, yeah, and, and, and I do, and I lean on those opinions quite a bit, and it's not so much, you know, like, I do things exactly, you know, the way somebody says, but, right. like, I do, I use, like, my, my, my husband's a huge input person where I'm like, I feel like it's almost done, but it's missing something, and I don't know what, and he'll come and just be like, <clears throat> needs a crow. Or like it needs of this, or it needs of that. Okay. And I'm like, oh, perfect, yes. So, or I'll use tarot cards uh, for that. Like, if I don't know what I want to do, that happened with this great um, identity piece that I did for the the Boneyard show at Soul Care, where I knew it wasn't finished and I was just stuck. And I'm like, this is supposed to be about my own identity. Like, I really need to try and not outsource too much because I want to try and keep it very pure because I'm trying to tell my own personal story and I was struggling. And then I was like, I don't know what else to do. And so I flipped a tarot card and I went, oh my God, duh, it's the, it's the lion. I needed a lot. Like it was, it was just like, and so you can even see like I have this little white lion because I had, I got a tattoo of him because he was in that death, uh, death painting, the tarot painting. And then it's like, he started all of it. Like he was a part of it. The sacred band of thieves and the white lion. Oh, sure. Yeah. So they believe it was the sacred band, um, a mass grave underneath this white lion monument. Um, and so, you know, so even one tiny new drop of information will 
Yeah, it's was just it like it, it. It was it was a little symbol, not even a main part of the card. It was just like it, it's so funny how like just those little things, just one word, just one w- look, one one nudge is all it takes. All it takes, <laughs> and it's just about like being open. I, to that's that. funny. My wife and I do the same thing. I, again, building puppets. Sometimes I overthink and overengineer yep. a mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you make this eyes blink? You know, and it's some sort of Rube Goldberg way. I have figured it out. But my wife will come down and say, why don't you just do this? And it's like, oh, for crying out loud, you're right. Right? My husband builds, like, he was getting into woodworking, and mm -hmm. so he's been building me, like, cool little tools and stuff. So, like... And it's so funny because I, I I remember when I was like, I need stands for displaying stuff. And then I, like, tried to draw this thing, and he was like... Uh-huh. Or I could just do this. And he tried to explain it to me time and time and time again. And I'm like, I don't get it. Which is so dumb being that I'm supposed to have this super visual brain. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he made them all like, they're perfect. <laughs> they're literally perfect. And then a friend bought some and had to make them some. And then I'm just like. And now you're in business. <laughs> and now and that's what I keep telling him. Like, and, and he's about to make me this like great uh, travel box for stuff so that I can bring my supplies. And just like have right. a little briefcase type thing. And it's like, make tools for artists. Like, you're an artist. He's like, I don't know. I'm not very good at it yet. I'm like, do I, it. That's how you get the hell. I wasn't that good at painting when I started. Right. It. Yeah. You know, it's, it is what it is. Like, it really is, it really That's, is practice. It really oh, is. Oh, sure. You know, because, yes, some things may come naturally. And I do want to be respectful of people's different abilities because, yes, I do have an ability that allows me to think in a way and move in a way that allows me to paint. That does come somewhat naturally. But it still had to be trained. Oh, yeah. And nine times out of ten when people say that they're not good at being at art or they're not a good artist or they could never... It's always... Always say, oh, I can't even draw a stick figure, or all I can do is a stick. It's always a stick figure. You ever notice how it's always a stick figure? And then it's like, <laughs> okay, well, let me introduce you to Keith Haring because he is this amazing American artist who, guess what? They were basically. He outlined the stick, stick figure. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, and I remember in high school, like when I first learned about Keith Haring, and we ended up doing a big mural of his in our art room, and like, because it was something that everybody could come in and partake in because of the style of art. We essentially were able to like uh, number color, painting by numbers. We, uh, myself oh, right, and sure. the art teacher like got it all laid out and then everybody in the school was Came able to just come just... in and paint. And how wonderful is that that even at the high school level, even when we have limited tools, limited education, we have students that, you know, because I went to a small school yeah. and... And this famous artist was able to inspire And they were all everybody. able to and actually partake. And so yeah. it's like... You don't have to be able to paint like Michelangelo I, right. to be a good artist. Like, yes, I admit that I have a soft spot for that type of art, but that is not all that there is. And right. frankly, sometimes it gets to be a little bit like you want to branch out. You want to have more. You want to you want to expand right. those horizons because again, when things when you get so insular and you stop doing that, it mm-hmm. gets kind of boring. <laughs> What I find myself um, meeting those kind of people who, nah, this, nah, that, probably not. I eventually, if I talk to them long enough, I will catch that idea coming out of their head. Like, there's your art, mm-hmm. you know. I, and I don't have a good example of it, other than, 
you know, some people just, they talk about, say, fan fiction, for an example. They talk about their favorite thing, and they say, what, if, you know, I'd love to see this, I'd love to see that. That's your art. That is. Rewrite. It is. And that's the thing is, um, yeah, or I'd not love- to bring it back to my favorite show, like I always do, anybody that's listening to this that knows me hears way too much about Hannibal, but that's one of the things that got me, honestly, because like if you look at the TV show, but really, the the movies are are based off of the books, and right. then the TV show is essentially a fan fiction where they have switched up all sorts of like who gets whose lines and who's doing what, and right. it's, it is its own fan fiction. And it's like, but it's this beautiful purple prose, like bloated, beautiful piece of pretentious art, right? And really, the fan fictions are just that, too. And I'm seeing, like, these stories that people are writing that are 350,000-plus words. Right. These are novel-length stories that people are writing that are legitimate. Like, this is no. real. I could really see this being another season. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Take what somebody else... Like, I don't... Like, there's... We're all inspired by different things. Right. Your husband. He, out of sheer practicality, you needed something. He built it. And but he did it in his way, and, it's and that's his it's art. So much better than anything that I could you know, have like. That's his art. It is, and it's a very practical, useful. It's like a chair. It's like a table. Right. It's like, and we're back to that argument. And that, I love that because I can't do what I do as well as I do it without that support. Without those tools that exactly. he is capable of producing. Yeah. And I'm just not, like, I can use power tools, I can build stuff, but very much like you, it's very Rube Goldberg, like, it's, I always yeah. go too far. You know, I'm even like, good I was, at overthinking it. I was I'm at really plant good mode the other day looking at plants, <laughs> and I was asking all of these questions, I'm like, well, could I, like, get the plant to do this, or could I do, and he's like, or you could just let it grow. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like I always, like, I guess I could just let the plant do its thing. Yeah. You know, I always want to do more. I want to see everything how is a I bonsai. Can, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I want it. Oh, come on. Everything has to be an art project. <laughs> Everything. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, tell me about Prism. So Prism is basically, we're, we're pretty um, flexible. So Prism Studios, it's an arts initiative that I came up with on Half Christmas. I even remember the day we were on our way home from a Half Christmas party because we should all be celebrating Half Christmas. It's how you drink eggnog in the summer. It's <laughs> the only way. It's um, a great old. idea. Uh, and, you know, I'm that person my whole life. I've been, we should start a business. We should start a bar. We should start a game shop. We should start this. We should, you know, because everybody kind of grows up, I think, in America with this idea of, I should start the a business. The, the entrepreneurial dream. Yeah, right. And, you know, it was always like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. We should call it this. We should do that. And it was never serious. And then I just remember I was in the car and we were turning on to Prospect. I remember the light and I went, I should open up a studio where people can just come and, like, make art. I was like, like the pottery place, but with other types of art. So, like, if anybody local hasn't been, the pottery place is so cool. You can it's go. a lot of fun. And the, the, you just buy the already made pieces because, like, I'm a terrible sculptor. I want to be a sculptor. Right. I love, I'm just not, I struggle. And that's not, all, not your art. It's not my art, and that's okay. Um, but you get to paint it, and I love that. That's so your art. That is my art. <laughs> and so I was like, you, you can just come in and do stuff. And so we offer, like, paint and sip style classes usually on request the thing that I really had in my brain and it's been the thing that's taken off it's called paint at your pace and it's just getting people together in a room where we provide all of the art supplies 
and you pick out your canvas size and then we just hang out and make art and paint and everybody paints at their base and you work on whatever you want to work on and if you have questions we have artists there that can help if you need ideas I have these crazy word searches I've made I've got you know all sorts of weird I love playing the three second um I'm not sorry three minute uh three minute sketch three minute thumbnails with people where I'm like okay let's grab a book we're gonna pick at random three to five words and then Give, take three minutes and just oh, yeah. whatever first comes to mind a, and do that five or six times and by that sixth time your brain is like is spinning yeah that first one or two it's always the worst it's yeah. so hard but honestly after like it's if you spend writers. 15 minutes doing that you will come up with like you will get oh, those juices oh, flowing oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's your basic writer's prompts exactly that, and so and 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 so like last night it was I I was almost in tears last night we were at Brew Lab we're at Brew Lab every Thursday night from right now it's five thirty to ten um, because it's the summer hours and so we open a little earlier and we had two different groups in that were not they didn't appear to know each other they were sitting at different tables and at one point one of them gets up from one table and she's coming around and she's looking at everybody's work and then. They start talking, you know, different groups start talking to each other and they're like, well, if you look at it like this, it's, you know, I, I, there's this and this, but if you turn the canvas, then I did it like this and that and explaining to each other just totally unprompted from myself or from our staff, just interacting with each other and, and talking about what they're making and giving each other ideas. And it's like that right there, that getting to see in real time, a community start growing in exactly the way that I had hoped it would. <laughs> like it's it's a really, really rare gem. It's a really rare benefit. I don't know that many people get that opportunity to really it's witness so- that right, but in it, real time. It sounds absolutely it's heavenly. It is. It's you know, and it, it's so funny because sometimes people come in, um and like we had one person come in last night. They were like, hey, you know, I'm a digital artist. I'm really not a big painter. Is it okay if I like come and hang out anyway, even though I'm not really I'm more like Yes, bring your iPad, bring your stylus, come and hang out, talk, work on what works for you. Like, I don't care if you don't buy a canvas. Like, come and be with us. And just getting to know the community and getting to know other artists. Because, again, I was in my basement and I didn't know any other art. I didn't know any of the other local artists. Meeting Law Welly was like, aside from um, my good friend Josh Doniak who is an amazing artist and he's also um, an art teacher at Centennial uh, I just I didn't know any artists we right. didn't talk art I didn't have any sort of input it was all like sort of online stuff and like it's hard to you know those established communities are kind of scary to get into right <laughs> and it, it's hard to find your your, yeah, your, your little people. tribe yeah and so just seeing that and and it's so cool in particular at brew lab because i think as a townie i grew up with a very specific idea of campus sure which most of us townies kind of are have (laughs) and it's not necessarily entirely i mean yes the driving is a little terrifying but really it's not that bad it's not bad in town it's not that bad but the thing that's so cool my favorite thing about being on campus right now is students walk by and they, there's this big beautiful window at NutriCycle which ever, so everybody can see what we're doing right and I can just smile and wave at them total strangers and they smile and like come inside I'm like what's going on here 
if I did that downtown, people might think I was a little nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, hi, you know, and like, you, and they do. They'll stop and I'm like, hey, have some stickers. This is what we're doing. This is our QR code. It goes to our calendar. Like, no pressure, but like, throw it on a notebook and, you know, then spread you spread the word. Spread yeah. the word. Like, you know, and we're here every day. Come back, or we're here every every Thursday. You can come back. We're here every third Saturday, and just the interaction of the students they want to be involved they want to meet people they want to do things they want to experience stuff and that is such a beautiful experience because I again I have this really kind of negative view of campus because of I grew up very privileged frankly I grew up in Ogden in a small town and you know your traditional sort of house with a big yard and all of that stuff very much yeah yeah uh and getting to experience so many amazing people from different cultures, from different countries, from different... So PRISM does this. Yeah. That's... That's that's really all we want to be is just like a space that... So one thing that I like to say is I'm not an educator, I'm an encourager. Okay. I'm not a teacher. There are things that I can teach. There is knowledge that I can pass on and... I can pass it on in ways that work for some people. It may not for others. That's why we're working with other artists who teach differently, who can explain in other ways. But you're providing a safe space for us artists and us newbies to this type of art. Or Mm -hmm. what? You're providing a safe space for. And that's really what it is. It's I want a place where people can go that they don't feel like they have to get it perfect right off the bat where they can experiment where it can turn out badly and you can scrape it off and start over that's the best part about acrylic paint is it's not like watercolors where if you make a mistake you can't hide it you can hide it you You can can cover it you can scrape it off and start over you can i have a whole series of paintings that are called my sunny's paintings because they're just paintings that i didn't like how something went so i threw some sunglasses over the part that i didn't like (laughs) and that's all i did that's the only thing i did and now it's part of a series and people are like how did you come up with the idea i'm like i didn't like the eyes so i hid them (laughs) all i do is that's art that's art it's me hiding the things that i don't know how to do and finding new ways to do them and that's that's so much fun and that's art oh my stars that's so good and yeah, just and providing a place where, you know, we're not going to, you know, we keep a really close eye on what's going on with COVID. So we try and adjust that way. We always yeah. try and adjust for weather. We try, you know, I have no issues. And I know that this probably doesn't always make me come off as the most um, fun person or the most, you know, I will, if somebody's using language that I think is being unkind or be, I'll say something because I don't know who, right. you know, and again, the safe space. It's about yes, it's about it's about curating a place where people can feel safe enough to let down their guard and create. Thank you. Yes, I had a different phrase in mind, but that sums it up perfectly. Because you do, you have to feel safe to be creative, right? And I think that we forget that a lot. That um, just as a society, that when you feel unsafe, it's very hard not only to be creative but to do. Anything. Much of anything. Yeah, agree. Um, there's a really great uh, comedy special by Moses Storm that called Trash White, where the very opening is crazy always beats scary. 
Um, and he talks about how growing up in poverty, it's so much easier to deal with the craziness that you create for yourself than the absolute abject terror of what it's like to grow up in true poverty. Right. And it makes perfect sense to me when you're like, when you're so anxious, when you're so unsure, when you feel like you're being judged, you feel like you're being looked at. It's the most terrifying thing to start. It's, you can't be, it's so hard to be genuine when you're second guessing everything you say and do. Right, when you're. And that's what I love about like Paint at Your Pace versus, and again, I like, I, I we do offer like the paint and sip classes. I enjoy those. But no matter how much I open it up with, these shouldn't all look the same. I don't want all of your paintings to look the same. I don't want it to look just like mine. I don't want them to look like each other. It should have its own style. I'm just giving you stepping stones. Play with it. Change the colors. Ignore me entirely and add an alien. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, make it yours. But unfortunately, people are, I think we're a little bit pre-programmed to compare. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's a pre-programmed thing or if it's societal. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's a societal thing, but I think... Think, I, th I, I <laughs> that might be another podcast entirely. That might be a whole other conversation that's because fair. I think that um, I agree with you. But I and so that's I like think we could be here another two hours on that one. Agreed. But that's sort of the beauty with painting your paces by just encouraging people to work on whatever makes them happy. And, that's, and I think that's fantastic. It's so much fun. I think that's fantastic. And I just get to see some really cool art <laughs> and like I, I really want to start getting um I need to start like getting like a name list because we have these people coming in making amazing things and so I really want to have like an end of year art show where like oh what a grand idea right and just contact all of our customers that we've worked with and be like hey all of those pieces you made if you want we're gonna have an art show bring them in and display them and we'll do it at the IMC right. and like it'll be awesome and it I'm be so awesome. excited because I think that's genius idea well, and so many people think that their stuff isn't, like, good enough. And it's like, it is. It is. It is good enough. And I promise you that even if you only touch one person with your work, you touch, you've made a difference in somebody's you life. You win. Yeah, that's a win. Even if you make a difference in your own life. that That is truly the thing. If you can make something that touches you and makes you feel proud feel good and that's it's hard to do with art and it's taken me mm -hmm. a long time and it's taken me a lot of sitting with my art and <laughs> hanging my own art up in my house and being forced to look at it every, every single day hard to do right it forced me to start appreciating what I am capable of and to give people that chance to even if they're not sure it's like show it please show it I promise you like even if you're only touching you, even if you're only touching one person, think about the impact that has. Right, absolutely. And that's what's so cool about art. Yeah, I. that's a beautiful way to kind of wrap this up a little bit. I've got a couple more questions. For sure. That's kind of my James Lipton end of the thing, uh, end of the interview list. What about your art turned you on? What about it turns you on? For me, a lot of my art, I've, especially recently, it's very much um, body studies, portraiture. Uh, I really love painting nude art. I really love, and for me, it's enjoying the beauty of humanity and the beauty of bodies mm. and the beauty of all of our differences and quirks and 
um, different shapes and different. That's lovely. And, and and it's very much for me, like, I, I get very bored. If, if you could see underneath, I've got a lot of tattoos. I'm very much about color. And so, like, I kind of struggle. The one thing that I struggle with is doing things in, like, air quote, natural skin tones. So they're always colorful. But, like, for me, that's almost part of it. Because especially, I do a lot of painting my friends. I do a lot of portraits of people that I know, local artists. Um, and getting to play with like showing who they are through color and texture and not just their image. It's almost like a way of getting to know the people that I care about in sure. whole new ways. Uh, and to show them how much I love them and how beautiful they are to me. And that just gets me excited. It does. It just gets me excited to make more. And portraits especially. I never thought that I would be like big on doing portraits until the last year. And and it but, started with... Um, but you're doing it your way. Yes. And it, really a lot of it started with Z Snyder, who's a local author. Um, amazing. Wrote The Witch. And then The Witch and the Vampire came out last year, I believe it was. Uh, so it's two published books. Highly, highly recommend him of... Uh, phenomenal phenomenal writer and they are like my muse and they've always been like they're just this amazing person that I, I hearing them talk hearing him seeing him like just they've always inspired me and so getting to like do that and and and, and interpret them through my experience of them in a visual way mm -hmm. it's just it's really Fun. it's exciting what about it turns you off The I don't like the game, like the the business stuff, the the, the <laughs> pricing. The I hate pricing, um, because for me it's very hard to put a number to it. Sure. And because my inclination is, oh, I just want people to love it and enjoy it, but I also want to support myself and have you know, yep, pay my bills and have health insurance yep. and. Um, so it's kind of a tr this tricky line. Capitalism and art are mortal yes. enemies, but must live together. That and, and especially with prism and that sort of side of things, it's playing the business game. I don't like it and I won't, I try not to do it as much as possible, which means I'm very, very upfront. And I don't know how much that has helped versus hurt us. Um, I think probably a little bit of both, but I'll sit down if I'm having a business conversation and say, listen, this is what I can offer. I understand that it may not be financially what is expected in the business world, but you know, this is what we offer, this is what we can bring. And I truly believe like if you support our mission, and give us a chance to give us space just like Brew Lab did. You know, we had that first month where we had to cancel two out of four events due to weather. We didn't have, I think we had several events where we had no, no people show up. Right. They took a chance on us. And now last night we had like three waves of groups coming in. And we live in a, not to be that oh, capitalism, but oh, capitalism society where it's like if you don't bring people cold hard cash, it's very hard right. to well, get a get a foot in. And it's like I can't provide that, but I can provide value. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of us artists struggle with mm -hmm. that exact conundrum, you know, and being taken seriously. I think to some right. extent because. Again, there is this idea, if you're not financially successful, then you're not successful. It's and not, I, I don't 
right. that's not all the case, but... Right, and if your art isn't successful financially, mm-hmm. you're not a successful artist. Which is crazy, or you're because not how artist. many artists were successful when they were alive? Like, some, yes, but again, a lot of those, you know, when you talk and, about those people that were well-known in their time, especially, again... Well, just think of it now. How many artists are out there now not making a dime, mm-hmm. but still being an artist? Exactly. You know, that that's probably, I'm going to say, most of us. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us do something, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's hard. It's a fine line to walk. I think it's something that can be changed. I think it's something people want to change, um, in terms of like how we view artists and how we view art and the value that it brings to society. I just think that it takes all of us being loud about it. Well, as I much think as we can. I, I think it takes these little pockets, like the one you're creating mm-hmm. at Prism, to do that. Yes, and I and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that kind of effort to uh, relax people's minds about what it means to be an artist. Yeah. And that's, well, that's, that's phenomenal. And like I told you earlier, before we started, uh, really, I wanted to be an artist. I'm like, I want to be a professional artist, but I don't want to do it alone. That's scary. So like yeah. everybody needs to hop in the bus because we're going to go be <laughs> artists together. <laughs> I'll drive, but you got to fill the bus. <laughs> like, uh, we still got empty seats, so yeah. let's go. We're going to be artists. Um, <laughs> okay, so last, qu- last question. Um, where can we see some of your art? So right now, uh, I have art hanging up at the IMC. We actually have an art show that Prism is What is the hosting. IMC? It's the uh, Independent Media Center. Okay. It's in Urbana in next to Lincoln Square Mall uh, okay. in the same building as the post office. So when right. you first enter the post office to your right, the IMC is off to your left and it's this amazing community building that there's, I've been to book readings, there's concerts, there's yeah, a stage, I, I there's performed there. shows. Yeah. It's this, and it's it's such a gem and so many people don't know about it. I didn't know about it. Right. And it's so cool because now Prism is a member and so we're able to like host art shows and we'll be there every Sunday with our Paint at Your Pace now. Um, and so we've got several local artists hanging there right now, self-included. I also have work hanging up at Soul Care in Urbana and at the Lair uh, Hair Studio and Lounge okay. uh, downtown. And I have one piece hanging up at BUC Wealth Management. Oh, fantastic. In Urbana. So. Uh, anything online? Or does Prism have a site? So with- Prism has a site. I have a site myself. So Prism is just Prism Studio Paint. PrismStudiosPaint.com. Okay. Uh, and then my personal site is KTCannibal.com. So it's KTCannibal with a K, A, and N I B A L. I will look them up and put them in the descriptors. Awesome. And then there's like links to to each other um, okay. on the sites. Fantastic. So, and we we love to update our Prism site with our um, guests' art. So if you want to see kind of the things that our guests are making um, and not just us, like. And I'm assuming information about where they can join in yes absolutely um we've got uh currently we are doing two regular events a week so we are thursday nights at brew lab from 5 30 to 10 and sundays at the imc from two to five and then at brew lab every third saturday of the month and that's a really special one to me because the uh coffee shop actually stays open with us on that particular day usually it closes and then we just have that side room um, but on that third Saturday, the 10% of the coffee sales go to the Trevor Project. Oh. Uh, and so it's called Queer Coffee. And yeah. it's just, and you don't have to be, you know, queer, be an ally, be anybody, come hang out. You know, a lot of it's it's fundraising. Right. And it's just, again, community and being together and right. letting people know, like, just providing those spaces that people are going to be able to come and feel safe and um, 
but yeah. And yeah, we've got all of that listed on our website, and you are you may start seeing like little flyers and like stickers around town. We like to just we're big on QR codes because like it's the easiest, fastest, just snap sure. a QR code and then save it. So um, if anybody wants stickers, you can get those for free at um, at Art Coop at the. At oh, Lincoln Square. I, yeah, I've just got a bunch of stickers with our QR codes that are sitting up at the counter that are free. So if you're ever curious and you don't want to have to like look it up, if you're there, you could always grab one of our QR codes there. Cool. Katie, thank you so much. This has been an amazing venture. Thank you. This, uh, I know the conversation is... I love this kind of conversation. Because it not only does... I mean, I think it affirms both of us, mm-hmm. builds us both up, but... I love thinking, I love uh, listening to how other people think about the same things I do. Yeah. And it's never the same way, but it's always informative and always makes me think in bigger directions. Does that make sense? No, I absolutely agree with that. So I can't thank you enough for spending the morning with me. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate it and and Prism appreciates it. Oh yeah, Um, we will will put it out there and uh, promote you as best we can. Appreciate it. It's, It's definitely something that's near and dear to my heart and it's really, it's truly, truly a blessing to be meeting so many people in our community that when they hear about this mission are so active in trying to support that mission. Right. Um, and I love that. It's, it's, I so blessed, such a privilege to get to be a part of that and, and to get to, to get to have a hand in that. And so thank yeah. you very much. And thank you for allowing me into it. So I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging around and geeking out with us. If you enjoyed the show, hit the like and subscribe buttons. And more importantly, join the conversation and leave us a message or comment. We'd love to hear about your nerdy art. Thanks again, and join us next week for more Art Nerds.